like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome back to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for people who casually park giant showboats near their house for dinner parties. Mm. Kelly, today we are discussing Nancy Drew and the haunted showboat. Also, I just have to let everyone know right now, we are yet again recording this on Zoom and I can now see Kelly and she is dancing. (laughs) She's so excited. We're so happy to be back. Oh, happy to be back on the farm. Oh, now I want Bob Evans. <laughs> okay. I have a thought to ponder for you. And we haven't pondered a thought together since before our summer break. Nary one single thought. <laughs> I haven't thought about anything this whole summer. Nope. <laughs> are you Are you ready? I am. Have you ever been to New Orleans? If so, what did you do slash love? And if not, what do you want to do? Okay, so I get to ponder first. Yeah, please, please to be okay. pondering. <laughs> please to be pondering. Um, so yes, technically I have been to New Orleans, but during my time in New Orleans, I saw the inside of a theater and zero other things. Mm. So not really. Been there. That's me in Austin. I've yeah, other places as well. Me in many, many cities in the United States. Um so I would love to go. It is, I would say, in the top three list of domestic locations I would like to travel to. Excellent. Um, I need some beignets. Yes. I would actually love to go during Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. but I would actually also love to not go during Mardi Gras. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I need to go twice. Like, I want to do all of the, like, Mardi yeah. Gras festivities and the parades and all that kind of stuff, but then I also just want to go back and kind of see, like what it's like on a normal day yeah regular day yeah how about you i have been to new orleans i went (gasps) i did not know really no i went in college so my college did this thing where it was called center term and in january you just took one class for three weeks Mm -hmm. and they were very specific focused classes and i took a class that was called literary new orleans And for the first two weeks of the class, we were like reading all of the literature of New Orleans. And then Mm -hmm. we went for a week at the end to like see the sites and like do the things. And um, it is amazing. It was January. So it was not Mardi Gras, but it was Mm -hmm. hot in January. I remember being very hot. Um, My favorite thing that I saw in New Orleans was the Garden District. And Mm -hmm. in the Garden District is the home of the woman you know her you love her Anne rice her home was stunning i mean it's still there is it, is is it what you want Anne rice's house to look like without question yes okay it's so a, like a lot of wrought iron with spikes and wrought stuff like iron that. Okay. big foliage dark colors victorian stunning um also at that time Amazing. trent Reznor from nine inch nails owned a house that was on the same Ooh. block there were Man. cemeteries that were like beautiful and interesting near it. It was that would be a place to go trick or treating <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we should go. Okay. 
great. I'm well, not going to be a hard sell. Like, great. Let's go. Now. When do you want to go? Not the summer because it has to be a, a thousand degrees because in January it was a thousand degrees. So um, soon. <laughs> sure. Like sometime in the next, in the non-summer. I understand. I but you said January it. was hot. Yeah, but it's going to, it gets, it gets hotter dislike zero stars <laughs> all right we'll, we'll, we'll put it we'll put it on the the uh sidebar to ponder list yes we'll put a pin in it as they yeah. say well karen on that note summer is officially over Ugh. and with the summer like mary poppins has flown our summer break <laughs> our summer break is over and we just genuinely want to thank all of you so much for being patient with us and giving mm -hmm. us so much grace and taking these summer these summer breaks um we probably would have like burned out with nancy drew a hot minute ago if yeah. if we didn't get our breaks so thank you for being cool with us and uh yeah i think we're fully recalibrated ready to go um yeah, we I've like been excited to record this for days now. We logged on to talk to each other and we're like, oh my God, it's it's happening. So it's happening. And then we spent an hour trying to figure out like how to podcast. Technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, have we never done this before? <laughs> Apparently, no, is the answer. Ooh, it was a journey, um, but we're here. <laughs> it was a journey. We we think we made it. Hopefully the recording. Happens. This is a recording, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> <laughs> um also a shout out to our three new patreons who have joined us uh huge shout out and thanks to marty hannah and kelsey woohoo thank you we, we love, love you, you and welcome we love you so much thanks for going on the drew journey <laughs> you're in you're in good company here also we have some exciting news um that is heading your way soon we yeah, a, little a little teaser Oh, teaser. Yes. A trailer for what's to come. Um, we are going to have some merch that we'll be making available. Thank you to our designer, Craig, Craig who interviewed us in the Ask Me Anything <laughs> that yes, we did. He's a multi-talented individual. He is indeed. Um, and so he has absolutely blown our minds with merch potential that he has designed for us and for all of you. And we are so obsessed with it. It's so cute. Um, so we're just figuring out the final details on that. So stay tuned. Um, yeah. And now that we're back to our regularly scheduled programming, y'all are stuck with us again. So you're stuck. So get, sorry about get ready. <laughs> the length of one school year. Can you handle it? <laughs> uh, also in the, in the land of exciting news updates, Karen, we have a surprise for our patrons via Patreon. Do we? So we do. Oh. You know this. You just didn't know I was going to say it. I didn't. Um, so... For all of our Helen Corning tier patrons, friends, words, Helen Cornings on Patreon, <laughs> which is our which is our five dollar tier, um, you are now with with season three going to start getting some exclusive content via Patreon. Bless um, your hearts. We will talk about that. A I know, right? You do you want ten more <laughs> minutes of this? Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but basically you're going to get a new section and that will be available on Patreon. At some point we might try to get a little more techie with it and try to push it to your, um, to your podcast feeds, but we're not there yet. It'll happen. It might happen. I have no promises. <laughs> like how um, you dialed that sentence back. It'll happen. It might happen. Yeah. Uh. Like, 
I'm like, it's not over promise under deliver Kelly. It's strike that reverse it. Okay. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the episode, but also just, and Karen, I just remember this as a, as a PSA um, for all of our Stitcher users out there of which I am one, I have been using Stitcher for a while now. Stitcher is going bye-bye. No. Like, yeah. Like at the end of the month. Oh, I didn't it's, know this. It's gone. So we should probably post something on social about it. Um, too. But if you are a Stitcher user and you happen to be hearing this on August 31st, I think starting, I think I'm saying this right. I think it's gone as of September 1st. Oh, so, wow. Um, please make sure you resubscribe to the show in a different podcast app, like, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify. Um, or you can always listen directly through our website. There are some other ways to listen. So if you're having trouble, feel free to reach out and we'll do our best to help you. But if you're a Stitcher user, you're going to need to find a new podcast app. Good shout. And a PSA. You are plugged in. It just It's only because I use Stitcher. That's the only reason I know. They've so. been sending you the warning flares. They have. Yes. Well, Kelly. Yes. Now the daily announcements are concluded. <laughs> yes. It's so fun to see you while we do this. I know. You too. Uh, it's been a busy we, we moved over to Zoom, so now we can see each other. Fancy. Fancy in season three. It's been a really busy summer, but I, I would say I think it's been a lovely summer. Um, I am sure that our listeners, or at least me, I, I want to know, what have you been up to? So please provide your highlight reel of Kelly's summer at this time. I would love to. Thank you for asking. So <laughs> I will say, first of all, I read a ton of books. Um, I was taking a lot of walks around my neighborhood initially. Yeah, I know um, you were because I came and stayed with you and I woke up oh, in, like, right. in the morning time. You were gone and you were like, oh, I've been outside walking three miles. It's 6 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm a waste of space. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were on vacation and I was not. Well, that all came to an end when I went on vacation and came back wounded. And I've just now been able to like fully walk again i i like went on my longest walks yesterday and today i walked a mile each day and it was probably pretty horrific to look at i must be honest like i'm so sorry dragging my right leg behind me but i'm i'm recovering um so that was that was a highlight i did go to new york on vacation um which was lovely i got to see some shows um, but I also got to go to the mysterious bookshop, which has uh, been on my to visit list for like years. I'm so envious. I can't handle it's, it. If listen, if you get to go to New York, it is worth a trip. Um, it's exactly what you want a mystery bookshop to be like. Like it's literally floor to ceiling shelves of books the whole way around with like Beauty and the Beast ladders. Uh. <laughs> yep, yep. It's amazing. Yep. Um, so that was awesome. Um, I also got to go on a trip with a bunch of my like old summer stock friends who I haven't seen some of in I don't like 15 plus years. Um, so that was super, super fun. We had a great time. Um and maybe most importantly at all of all, I have reunited with all of my Barbies. Okay. They have been rescued from mom's basement. I did not take any of yours. I made sure. That's not true. I saw the photo. That brown-haired Teresa on the left is mine. 
no, no, Karen, I actually, <laughs> I actually know she's mine, but you had, so that was, I think a Whitney. Whitney. And, yes. Whitney. And, and you had her matching Barbie and she had like a short blue skirt. <laughs> yeah. See, do you see how quickly she accuses me? I'm, I'm right, sorry. right? You're right. I am immediately yeah. dialing back my accusation. <laughs> you know, I So I will say when you were reunited with your Barbies and you sent me the photo, mm-hmm. Barbie and the Rockers oh my God. is just as magnificent one. as I remember her being as a child. Correct. Like she is. Yes. Phen- and you also have astronaut Barbie. I which have astronaut is Barbie. Like David Bowie. I have peaches Bowie. and cream. Peach- oh. I have like, I have like, barely ever been touched peaches of cream she's in like pristine condition yeah i also have um get in shape barbie she's like in the the like her little leotard with her little yeah yeah um and glow in the dark barbie that's not what she was called but she was the glow in the with the like pink skirt with the glow in the dark star overlay with the parasol and (laughs) I wish you all could see the gesture Kelly just made for Parasol. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. It's Parasol. <laughs> and it also glows in the dark. Love But yeah, it. Barbie Barbie and the Rockers is an icon for sure. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm she so happy. I'm so happy that the girls have been brought back together. Same. The girls are back in It town. was a it was a real reunification process. So, we're still missing some shoes. I think you're looking for a space helmet as well for space I am, barbie i am yes i'm pretty confident it exists it's around it's, just it's around nestled in in the accessories box we'll find it still in your closet so <laughs> anyway that concludes the, those are my highlights um how about you what did you get to do I'm okay sure you had an amazing summer i have two things to report okay one of them is a thing that's been happening and one of them is a thing that has not yet happened but will this week and i'm so excited that i have to talk about it <laughs> I love that it's the thing that has not yet to happen is included in the highlight reel. Yeah, because it's so good. And I've been anticipating it all summer. So thing that's been happening, I am now part of the Ann Arbor Roller Derby team. I knew this and I'm so psyched about it. I like legit so excited for you. I'm doing the 18 week boot camp that is now called. Wait, tea for time. It's 18 weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a twice a week for 18 weeks. Twice a week? Yeah. I go Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings for two hours. And Man, I... That's like four and a half months. I love it so much. It is the best. Everyone is so nice. Everyone is so supportive. I feel like a little bird. Oh, I'm just like skating around the track with the... Well, actually, it's been really hot. I was going to say like the wind blowing through my face. It's more like the humid 100 degree air <laughs> blowing into my face. Um but like, could not be a cooler group of people. The coaches it's are awesome. so amazing. It's so cool how quickly people are like picking this up week over week. Like, yeah, people that had never been on skates and were like, I can't even stand up on the first day are now like whipping around the track. It's so, so wait, I have follow up questions. This is a very learnable skill in the right environment with the right coaches. I mean, that's very encouraging, but like, I, I'm, when's the last time you were on roller skates? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Like, not recently. Not recently, no. Like, I didn't skate at all. I'd never went to a roller rink in Seattle, I don't think. Um, something very loud just squeaked outside my door. <laughs> it's like, is that a cat? I don't know. It sounded like. That cat's mad. 
There's a ghost. There's a ghost. We'll get to ghosts later in this podcast. Um, But yeah, it's, I also finally, I I hadn't fallen at all this whole time, um, despite a long, long lapse in skating, but I I finally wiped out on Sunday and you know what? I think it was good for me. It was like, yeah, okay. Took a little of the fear away. It took the fear away because I was like, this is not bad. Also, I can't believe you've only fallen once. Same. And they fall in like from. I don't know. Where do you go from where to where? Like, I would have fallen from the bathroom to the, like, ice cream stand. Oh, my gosh. That is actually a thing. So this is, like, an outdoor arena where we practice. And you have to, like, skate outside of it to where the bathrooms are. And one of the boot camp people had their first wipeout, actually, in the bathroom. And I... In oh no, and I think brought down like a full stall door with her. I felt so bad for her because she grabbed it on the way down. And I was picturing a porta potty just fully tipping over. Also, what I learned is you know, it's easy to it was easy for me to get in there and get in the uh-huh. position. Uh-huh. Getting off of a toilet and roller skates is oh. quite quite a feat. I almost was like, I think I need to call 911. Somebody's gonna have to come get me. <laughs> I was like, the only thing I can think of is toe pick that's that's what it was i was up on both of my toe stops like tiptoeing out of it holding that on. requires an insane amount of like upper thigh that's glute the and ab strength it's like, all it's all the the thigh situation and oh um, no it's a that's journey. the part that i injured so i'm out oh no so sad about it um well, i'm really excited you're loving it though that's so cool. what's okay what most importantly what's your roller derby name uh so as you may know, I love poetry. I do and know this about you. I've chosen a poetic roller derby name and I am Sylvia Rath. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is Chef's Kiss. Thank truly. you. Thank you. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I can't say enough good things about the Ann Arbor team and the coaches and the people. Um, okay. The thing I'm looking forward to on Friday, yes. the Ann Arbor public library is hosting a book signing event and it is with Mercury Stardust, who is the handy ma'am on Instagram and TikTok. She is one of my all time <laughs> favorite internet presences. Um, she teaches you how to fix things in your home. And she is like a trans rights activist. She is so funny. She is so kind. Like, oh, also, I should say her Karen, describe my face right now, like jealousy and happiness. So and shock. Her, I love her. Her book just came out last Tuesday and it's called Safe and Sound. I highly recommend looking for this book. It is so useful in terms of like home repair things. It's also gorgeous it's like this beautiful hardback manual um that like i know it seems like that it can't be that a home repair manual is gorgeous it's stunning like the illustrations are stunning the cover has like sparkly inlay on it it like i got my pre-order and just like couldn't stop looking at it so um okay i serious favor yeah sorry to interrupt would you please get me an autograph copy please 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 i will i'll venmo you so literati is hosting the event at the at the library so they're gonna have books so i'll get i i have one already i'll get you one i'm gonna i'm gonna wait i don't care how long the line is i'm waiting in line so i can meet mercury and i will get her to sign a book for each of us i am such a huge fan and i i almost pre-ordered it but then i was like i want to wait and see if she 
comes to Cincinnati yep. so that I can buy it on our book tour. Um, and it didn't look like it was going to happen. So I was getting ready to order it on, you know, from through my local bookseller, but this is even better. I got thank you. you so much. I'm going to get thank you, you, thank you, thank you a signed copy that Mercury Stardust herself has touched with her own hands. And maybe now I can even like learn some home repair tips. I think in addition to fangirling. I, I know. I'm like, I should probably like actually read this and like learn things from it. But it, the book is, I can't wait for you to see it. The book is so gorgeous that I'm like, I want to so like display it. I'm like, oh, just look at it. And it's too pretty. <laughs> hey, well, that's a very epic, like final summer activity. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and count that as summer. Okay. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You so much. Um, okay. It is time. Do you remember how to do this? I, I believe so, yes. Okay, Kelly, would you like to tell us what segment we're moving into? Recommendation station. Woo woo. <laughs> she still got it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, Karen, what do you have a recommendation for us? Please don't let down the fans. I have a recommendation. I haven't finished it yet, so I can't vouch for the end, but I am reading ah. a book that is super wild. It is called... Okay. Mr. Magic. Okay. It's by Kirsten White. And um, Kirsten White also wrote another book called Hide, which has been described to me as grown-up hunger games. Um, so I also need to read that immediately. Like a little more okay. R-rated version of the Hunger Games, which is very YA. Um, this was recommended to me by so Craig and I got interviewed on the Gibson's bookstore podcast by two booksellers and they were giving their recommendations. This bookseller mm. was like, I'm reading this book. It's wild. But Here, did they have a sound effect? They did not Kelly. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Go on. Basically the very, br- I could talk about this for so long cause it's, there's a lot to unpack, but it is about an eighties television show. That everyone has this, like, the collective consciousness. And they're like, I remember watching this. And there were, like, these kids. It, it kind of, like, reminds me of It's Zoo like the Bully Mandela Zoo. effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where people are like, I remember this existed. Here are the general things I remember about it. But there's nothing about it online. No one can find any pictures, any recordings about it, anything. And we are following this character named Val, who all of a sudden... She doesn't have a lot of memories of her childhood. These people show up on her doorstep that are her age and they say, we've been looking for you so long. We were the cast of this show, Mr. Magic. A podcast wants to do a reunion interview of all of us. We need you. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like she's basically blacked out all of her memories of this part of her life. And they convince her to come with them and do this reunion and as they go along on this journey, uh-huh. they start understanding what the show Mr. Magic was that they were all in as little kids and some oh very, gosh. it's like horror. It's like, it's, Ooh, I'm going to get this immediately. It's, it's, it's a really fun. This sounds like read. some very um, Mandela effect, like slash Truman show. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. And um, something that's interesting about the book as well is that um, there are these pieces laced in where there are like Reddit forums that people have posted being like, Ooh, like, like we would do that. now to say, like, does anybody else remember this show? Am right. I insane? Like, why isn't there anything about it online? Um, So it's kind of this like patchwork of trying to 
figure out what this missing show is about and what happened wow. and who the people were. So um, what a unique like concept. I haven't heard of anything like that. So it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome recommendation. Thank um, you. Kelly, what do you recommendation station woo woo? Um, I woo woo the quiet tenant by help me Karen Clemence Michelon. That's how She's I would French. say it. Yeah. So um this is definitely not a children's book or a YA book. This is a adult fiction for sure. I would say it is kind of in the same genre subheading as like Room, mm. if you've read or watched Room. Yep. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but it's about it, it takes the point of view of three different women who all interact with the same one criminal oh is that is that a fair yeah non-spoilery assessment it is i you told me about this book i blazed over to literati in my vehicle i feel so bad this i try to never do this but they were closing in like five minutes and they were like we're closing and i was like i know a book i need (laughs) (laughs) i'm not browsing i got it that (laughs) night and i had read it by that same time the next day like i could not put this book down same. I think I read it in 48 hours. Like it's it's a it's an easy read, but it's engrossing for sure. So really good. Um yeah. Oh. End of recommendation. Oh. High five. Good team. Go team. So Karen, um, typically following recommendation station, if my memory serves, you provide us with a little bit of overview, introduction, uh, front matter, as it were, about the book we're going to be discussing. Is that accurate? Are you prepared? That's correct. Thank you for reminding me. This podcast is, in fact, to talk about Nancy Drew. (laughs) It it is, even though we hijack it to talk about our personal lives with each other for the first 20 minutes. You may not believe it, but this is a Nancy (laughs) Drew podcast. Um, Okay, so this week, as we mentioned at the beginning, we read Nancy Drew and The Haunted Showboat. Uh, this book is number 35 in the Nancy Drew series. It was published in the year of 1957. And the ghostwriter is. Do you have any guesses? Harriet. That's correct. Harriet Stratemeyer Adams, <laughs> who is now ghostwriting all of these, apparently. Um, up front, we must and cannot stress highly enough. <laughs> yeah. This Wolf, man. book needs a revision. <laughs> it was painful to read. The uh, We are talking about lots of minorities in this book in language that is not okay to use. It is definitely not used anymore um, and should not be used anymore. So please note that if you should embark upon mm-hmm. reading this book. Um, lots of characterizations, yes. accents, etc. Naming, naming, naming. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. Um, so in spelunking for facts about this book, this book, I did not find much about the origin of this tale, but I did. It's, it's set in New Orleans. It takes place during Mardi Gras. Kelly <laughs> is floofing her ponytail. Sorry, excitement. I'm having way too much fun with the cameras. <laughs> we need to take some screen grabs of this to share. Right? Um, so I don't have fun facts about the book, but I got some fun facts about Mardi Gras. Oh, I'll take it. I hope. Okay, good. I was hoping that that would be acceptable. I got these transparently from Town and Country Magazine online, um, and it was called like 10 Things You Didn't Know About Mardi Gras or something like that. 
great citation, but uh, I, I credited right. the source properly at least. <laughs> um, okay. It's not proper MLA format, but I'll accept it. It is not. <laughs> okay. So Kelly, did you know the following? Probably not. Yes. I, I have three. Number one, the mm-hmm. first Mardi Gras in North America was not in New Orleans. Where was it? Alabama. I did not know that. Okay. I never so, would have guessed that. Well, I didn't know that either. So here's the scoop. The French Canadian explorer Pierre Lemoyne d'Iberville? D'Iberville? I don't know. How do you say that? Pierre. I th- yeah. He arrived in Mobile, Alabama on what we know as Fat Tuesday in 1699. Ooh, that was a long time ago. We have 10 minutes left. We can edit this out. Okay. Um, he named the lo- the location of this place Pont du Mardi Gras, and he quote unquote threw a little party. <laughs> That's just threw a little yeah. shindig. So in yeah. the years that followed, French travelers would come to the spot explicitly for Fat Tuesday celebrations, and to this day, Mobile, Alabama, claims to hold the oldest Mardi Gras celebrations in the country. I had no idea anybody kind of had a Mardi Gras. I didn't either. Yeah, interesting. Also, this fun fact says. This was the first North American Mardi Gras, so this was already happening in Europe. Europeanly. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, fun fact number two. Mardi Gras (laughs) became the celebration we know today because of a secret society. Ooh, I love a secret society. I know, me too. I knew you would like this. Oh, they're my favorite. Okay, so since its first impromptu celebration with Pierre, as we just learned. Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras got regularly canceled or banned because it, it had so many disruptive drunken parties. <laughs> that is, until 1837 when a secret society known as the Mystic Crew of Comus aimed to elevate the chaotic experience, replacing the debauchery with lavish balls and parades. Mm. Right? Okay. Also, I, I mean, yeah, I think somebody just kind of like Put these concepts together. I know. The current. Yeah. I love a secret I, society. I would like to go to a lavish ball. Like a masked ball with the mystic yeah. crew of Comus. Can you imagine? No. I would be like, I'm I definitely would... in a cult, but and I might die, oh. but I'm here for it. What's the Nicole Kidman movie? Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. That's this ex- is definitely an Eyes Wide Shut moment. Yeah. Exactly what I was picturing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm not saying it's a no. I'm just saying you gotta you gotta have your eyes open, not wide shut. <laughs> Oh, I missed Walked you so right much. Into that one. I missed you so much. <laughs> I, know. I wasn't trying to make it a joke. I really wasn't. So my third fun fact related to the second one, because I knew you would be stoked on secret societies. There are now, currently, today, more than 70 of these secret societies, or crews as they are called, involved in the Mardi Gras festivities. Um, each crew builds their own float to represent their theme on parade days, and many include a celebrity guest in their celebrations to greet the audience and do the princess of genovia wave from the float um oh hello trolley people indeed um Mm -hmm. one of the more unusual groups is the crew of chewbacca's a society that combines star wars and the greek god of wine so chewbacca and bacchus and bacchus amazing yeah so that's what i got for you there's you know we gotta go (laughs) How how do we get invited to like one of the secret ones though i don't know i think a letter on tea stained parchment paper has to show up in your mailbox yeah. and I'm, I'm on I, it we could crack a code 
with like six to 12 months notice <laughs> we still haven't finished that nancy drew game <laughs> it stumped me I believe. it was like what 10 year olds solving this <laughs> we started at like 10 p.m and we'd been drinking like we were not set up for success we have three degreed individual adults here <laughs> we were not we were we not did not get far <laughs> in a place to a place to make that happen so mm-hmm. um anyway karen ama- amazing intro information i'm fascinated thank you so much it's- it's a lot to chew on. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Yes, Karen. We are ready to do the one sentence plot competition, which I feel like people have probably been crying all summer that they didn't have a chance for the notoriety that comes with winning this. Um, I assumed. For anyone who does not remember, we post the cover of the Nancy Drew book on our Instagram with no context. We ask you, our listeners, to guess what the plot of this book is with one sentence only but we also celebrate and reward creative punctuation colons semicolons it can be dashes and dashes lines long as long as it's technically one sentence um so would you like to walk us through the cover description and who you have selected as the winner big time yes (laughs) so the cover and we are looking at the flashlight edition, the yellow cover. Um, the Clue crew is watching from amongst the rushes as two elderly folks rowboat through the bayou toward a beat-up old showboat. That's a really good You're... description. That's right. That's really good. <laughs> it is also one sentence, I just would like to say. I mean, yeah. it's not a plot, but it is what's happening on the cover. Yeah. So the winner... And we had a lot of entries. Do, 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 always, do. always exciting. The winner is from at Wired Wordsmith, who said, "The ghosts of cast members in an immersive summer stock production of Showboat have been trapped on the river for a hundred years, always trying in vain to reach the riverbank, but never making it, and haunting innocent rivergoers in the process." God, that is so excellent. Wired Wordsmith, you crushed it. <laughs> slow clap. Like, also got got a reference into Showboat Musical. Yeah, they like, know their audience well. Yeah, they they knew the they judge, how to tug, tug the judges' there, heartstrings. There was there was a little bit of pandering to the judges, I suspect, but it worked. And congratulations, you are the winner. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Karen. Did you select a runner-up? Oh, I sure did. And this which one... comes with the same amount of glory, if we're being honest. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> uh, my runner-up was Cesar Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. We have a Puerto Rican listener, Woo-hoo! and this made me laugh. I'm still laughing. <laughs> Everyone will understand why this is so funny momentarily. Crooked gang hides river submarine underneath big boat and submersible underneath little boat. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> We got four Perfect. tiers of boats. We've got multiple tiers of boats. Boats hidden under other boats. <laughs> Types of boats that don't exist, but do in Nancy Drew. Like, uh-huh. absolutely Got a flawless. river submarine callback. <laughs> my fa- my <laughs> favorite boat of all, the river submarine. Indeed. Indeed. Very um, good. Thank you, Cesar. This has brought me so much perpetual joy. <laughs> yes. Same. Um, well, without further ado... My sister, it is time for today's super fast plot, which was written by me because I am a baby angel. You are a baby angel. But you have to read it. Okay, I'll read it. But I want everyone to know that I was supposed to write this. I had a really trying day yesterday. 
I slacked my dear sweet sister Kelly in distress and said, I, I'm late. I can't I'm do it. Stressed. I'm delayed. And Kelly said, <laughs> I no, am harried. no problem. I've already done it for you because I love you. And I, I weep. I weep still. Thank you. Aww, also, you it's do, super cry good. Cry your little eyes. It's really cry good. Your little cheeks. Thank you. I, because I'm not normally responsible for it, I think the stakes felt lower to me. <laughs> so it's like, this, I'm a substitute. Like, <laughs> how much trouble can I possibly get in? And chitter. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Thank you. Well, we'll let our listeners be the judge of that. <laughs> Nancy gets invited to do some sleuthing for Bess and George's aunt-slash-uncle-slash-cousin in New Orleans regarding a haunted showboat. Before the Clue crew can leave, Nancy's convertible gets stolen out of the driveway, so Carson gets her a new yellow convertible the next day. On the way to New Orleans, Nancy and co. are harangued at literally every turn by their car-stealing nemesis, but they make it to New Orleans. There, they meet a bunch of New Orleans characters, including Donna May, who is George and Bess's cousin in a real pill, her fiance Alex from Oxford, who is also a real pill, Charles, the ex-fiance, who is handsome and good with tools, and Uncle Rufus, who is a very chill voodoo doctor with a canoe for hire. They investigate the showboat, float around the bayou, attend dinner parties, swim the Mississippi, and do a bit of sleuthing. During the course of a midnight investigation trip to the showboat, the Clue crew meet the Delaverne siblings, who appear on the cover, whose family used to own the showboat. Long family saga there, but they spill the beans that there might be pirate treasure hidden on board. Motive identified. Nancy decides to explore the boat one more time, immediately finds the pirate treasure, and gets whacked on the head and almost set on fire for her troubles. Luckily, Uncle Rufus spotted where the culprit scurried off to, and the men of the Clue crew catch the dude, Spike, and turn him over to the cops. Spike confesses that he stole Nancy's car and that he is in league with fake fiance Alex, who was not from Oxford University, as he claimed. They also found out that Alex escaped with the pirate loot. Luckily, Nancy figures out that Alex probably stuck around New Orleans to quote-unquote rent out the gold for a Mardi Gras parade float, and she captures him there. Donna Mae gets immediately re-engaged to Charles, and Nancy declines all forms of payment. The end. I have I have never been more proud to have an artist represent my work. <laughs> is this what it feels like to be an audiobook narrator? I think I think it must be. I think I mean I, I, this is what it feels to be a writer. You know, it was beautifully written and cheers, I, Karen. Beautifully I, performed. Had a tear. I think we did true justice to this masterpiece. Also, love your use of the word harangued. You don't you don't come across that every day. Thank you. I'm not sure where that came from, but it felt correct. Felt good. Felt good. Yeah, gotta love a double R. <laughs> there's not a double r in the word harangued i know i want i it there should be though harangued harangued ha, <laughs> oh i missed you so much i missed you too even though we still talk like four times a week but whatever um, our listeners don't know that <laughs> i don't know we record every interaction we've been um, we've been in like basically cryogenically frozen since the podcast talked <laughs> In some ways, that is in fact true. <laughs> yeah. I like, I just like dialed down my motor functions to about a two. Yeah. I, out of a hundred. Full same. <laughs> yeah. It's like going into sleep mode. Yeah. Um. So Karen, 
this is my favorite time, which we call our deep dive section, but is actually general thoughts and musings. So Uh, would you please share with me your general thoughts and musings or your GTNMs? My GTNMs? I I will. And I've (laughs) never been happier to do so. (laughs) Please and thank you. Okay. So besides the much needed language revisions, which we addressed. Sure. I must say, I was a fan of this book. I, Same. I, I loved Cousin Donna May's reality TV engagement scandals. Um, her family is also so extra. They're going to throw this costumed gala with a theatrical stage production for their friends and family on their property, maybe on a boat behind their property, just because. Like, that's incredible. Um, like, Donna May made all of her friends go get fairy princess costumes to basically mm-hmm. be her beautiful backup like dancers yeah. for her at-home play that she's right. putting on for the neighborhood. Um, and that also her too- whole family is participating in. Like, yes, I can say definitively, our father would not allow himself to be cast in this kind of production. No. And, and also, this is a thing that I feel like, well, you and I, as youths, we put on a basement production of Stone Soup. We did. Once. Nobody even wanted to come to that, much less be in it. But we spent weeks making costumes. We did. I still have a carrot somewhere, I'm pretty sure. You stage managed the hell out of that. We had blo- we had blocking. Yeah. Like we yeah. we were ready. And um but we were like six and nine. Six. Yeah. <laughs> and Donna May is 30. So I loved yeah. it. I loved it's, it. It's amazing. It's a um, whole different type of family activity that I've I, never yes. heard of before. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It felt very Shit's Creek to me in yes. some type of way that I can't put my finger yes, on, but it absolutely. was Jeff's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my high-level series of thoughts and musings. Please share your GT general thoughts, GTAMs with me now as well. <laughs> yes, so I would love to. I I actually also loved this book. Yes. Um. It took me probably like three quarters of the way to come to that realization. But Mm -hmm. by the time we got there, I was like, oh, I think I actually really like this book. (laughs) Um, And I would love to tell you why. So we have in this tome, we have three mysteries like we so frequently do in Nancy Drew. But unlike in most Nancy Drew books, all three of these mysteries somewhat organically intertwine into one satisfying conclusion. You should be... A professor that was so perfectly expressed. Thank you. Now, to be fair, I did think harangue had two R's. I was trying to cover. So, Spelling is not required for a PhD. Maybe. Okay, noted. <laughs> um, so I also, I love the setting. Like, I loved being in New Orleans. I love the showboat situation. Like, I, you know, I was in constant fear over the number of boats that were involved. Like, it was high drama, high intensity. But also, like, we got, we kind of got to flip back and forth between mystery solving and social activities, which is my favorite kind of Nancy Drew book, when we can have, like, dances and parties while we're also, like, snooping. Has anyone ever told you that you talk with your hands a lot? (laughs) <laughs> do i is it giving alexis <laughs> it was like a dance routine the way you just moved with what you were saying it's it's y'all it's a beautiful sight of <laughs> maybe i'm doing it more because you can see me i don't know i like it um 
That being said, I will say, I do have criticisms. Shocker. Um, But all of them will be addressed later. And all of them are also international symbol for housed under. Housed under. Um, Overly convenient and or unlikely. And what exactly was the actual mystery? Great. Great point. Yes. So we can address those later. But like all of my criticisms fall under that umbrella. Okay, well, before we criticize, let's do the happiness sandwich and let's talk about our favorite parts of the book. Yay! Okay. Can I go first? Can I? Yes, you can go first. (laughs) I was like, which one of us is going to get to talk about the best part? I want to talk about Nancy's car. Please. Okay, so I want to be transparent that I was very annoyed at this book when I first started reading it because the first third of it was car shenanigans. Yes. Trying to get to New Orleans. Um, yes, it was car trouble. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, the car got stolen. Oh, no, now we got another car, but there's a bomb in it. Oh, no, now the... And then, like, they got the bomb out of the car, and they're like, the car's okay. Bomb's out. And then the car starts making sounds. A mechanic looks at it, and they're like, someone has thrown acid on the axle. Car I don't know. Yeah. I don't know car parts, but, like, the, the important yeah, steel the, part that the, holds the, the car Duma together. The next to the dingle hopper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They've thrown acid on that and that's coming off. And then they get a rental car and then that car like slides off a cliff almost to that. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, there was a lot of car stuff that yes. went on about eight beats too long. But I did find so much of it hilarious. And that Nancy's like, Dad, my car got stolen out of the driveway. And the next day, Carson's like, The next day in the driveway, like, beep, beep, Nancy come outside, uh-huh. brand new convertible. He's like, your mm-hmm. old one was getting kind of getting kind of run down anyway. We needed to trade that that in anyway. We were Too many miles on it. Yeah. And she's just like, Dad, you shouldn't have. And he's like, but I did. And she's like, okay. So <laughs> thank you. Brand new, gorgeous, bright yellow. Banana, one might say banana yellow. Not exactly a great color for detective work, I would say. No, she had neon blue before and now she's got banana hmm. yellow. Like she is not flying under the radar in no. this beast. No. But no, a we cute. need like a brown sedan with like some a, door dents, you like know? A boxy four-door Volvo mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny that this new car showed up. The Georgian bats are just like, sick, new car. Like awesome. Like nobody <laughs> bats an eyelash at this. And nope. it was like, of course, the next day, mere hours later, she has a brand new car. Um the car bomb. Well, let's let's discuss the car bomb. So that's my favorite part in the whole book. <laughs> they're driving down the road, and they're like, "Do you hear?" Isn't it like they're like, "Do you hear that ticking sound?" They yeah, like, it was a real hear. Captain Hook moment for sure. <laughs> yes, they hear the ticking of this yes. alarm clock. So Nancy's like, "Uh oh, we should check that her. out." Yeah. They throw open the hood of the car and they see an alarm clock and Nancy's like, it's a bomb. So they scatter in all directions to Kelly's doing the T for time symbol. T for time. Before they scatter, Nancy is like, I should probably turn off this alarm clock just real quick because maybe that'll keep the bomb from exploding, which I'm like, good thinking, but I mean, this is what happens when you're too young to have ever seen 24. Like, that's not how (laughs) bomb diffusion works. But, like, this is the second time we have had inappropriate bomb diffuse, car bomb diffusal in this book. Like, the first one, like, as one of our listeners so eloquently put it, 
like Carson just yeeted it out of there. That's correct. Yes. He just and then, threw like, it across cover them. under yeah. like a trash can lid or something. And this one, Nancy's like, well, I'd hate to lose a second car in two days. So let me turn off this before she calls the bomb squad. This is not an advisable way to handle a no. alarm clock in the hood of your car. No. Also, was it just me or were the cops slash bomb squad far too casual about this in the aftermath? Oh my gosh. Yes. They were like, well, we got it diffused and got it out. Continue on yeah. your way. How on, a nice on day. On your way, miss. Right? Yeah, they did just not did not care. Nope. At all. They just let their entire crime scene drive away with yeah. three teenage girls. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, continue. Um, so so they scatter. The other thing that we should discuss, which you have jotted down, and I completely agree. Um uh, Kelly, <laughs> they that so then this bomb car falls apart again later because acid has been thrown up underneath <laughs> it and the whole undercarriage is Dissolved. turning to dust beneath them <laughs> as they drive so they take that car in they get a rental car then they're driving through the mountains or something and they it's snowing and cold and they the back of their car skids off of a cliff and they're like oh my god we almost fell off a cliff so they get out the the car is dangling off a cliff and they realize that they have this memory of a moment where people have bounced a car by pushing on the trunk and the car will bounce into the air and then while it has a lift they can put their hands under it and reposition yeah. it away from the cliff yeah. so they do nancy george and Bess start do it bouncing the back of this car down until it bounces high enough that they scooch it off the cliff and then nancy drew backs this car mm-hmm. down a snowy mountain path she ba- i can't even back out of my own driveway i i mean mm-hmm. so that was impressive to me but also insane um yeah as someone who has watched the first season of veronica mars like a hundred times just like this is a big nope also like don't go on this trip How no like every times- sign this right. is like final destination. Like you're clearly yes. not supposed to do this. I'm also too lazy to deal with this. Like if my car got stolen, I'd be like, we're not going on vacation. Right. I, have I guess a, we're done. A yeah. lot of paperwork to fill out. I'm really upset. Yeah. But they have 18 car issues and still go. Like that is some stick to itiveness that I do not possess. They don't have jobs. <laughs> so and they're and they're 18 so they have a lot more vim than i do perpetually 18 <laughs> i was trying to sound like moira Rose. i know you were it was good <laughs> that was good moira um okay uh, that is my that is my favoritist part car shenanigans it was like your favorite and least favorite part all rolled yeah, into one that's yeah. exactly right that's exactly yeah. right okay so my turn my turn i pick the setting and by the setting, I mean both the big setting and all of the little settings that fall in- inside of it. So I claim a lot of things. Same more words. So, to begin with, I will say New Orleans. Yeah. Like, super fun. And, like, we get to spend some time in, like, New Orleans proper, like, downtown doing touristy attractions and things. Like, we get to go antiquing in New Orleans. Like, yes, please. I mm-hmm. would like to go to there. Um they get to go to several famous restaurants. Ugh. And I should just mention that one of their meals is Oysters Rockefeller, 
I love is, oysters. Me. I have you had oysters Rockefeller? I have not at that restaurant. Like one I of have my favorites. I have been to that restaurant on that trip that I mentioned, but I was mm-hmm. a, a vegetarian and twenty at the time, and I was like, why would I? Oh no! So I, I I have regrets, is what I'm saying. We'll fix that when we go back. Thank you. Um, they also had chicken in a bag, which, from my research, <laughs> is shake and bake. Oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's basically you put a chicken in a oven bag and it yeah steams i guess partially like, pop, like popcorn but chicken correct <laughs> i don't know hopefully with less exploding <laughs> um and pecan pie so that all sounds amazing there's yeah. also reference to um uh what are the little pecan things with with the with the caramel stuff mm. don't know Anyway, um, <laughs> someone's yelling it at me right now. Like, um, Kelly! Right? Oh, they're it's delicious. A, a they're nougat, delicious. A nougat hand... It's something like that. Pie. A nougat hand pie. Praline? Car- Pralines! <laughs> Pralines! Thank you! Thank you! Oh, so, like, I've had them in Savannah, and, like, the smell just, like, it's like that cartoon smoke that, like and then like yeah. latches into your nostrils and drags and you down you. the street mm-hmm. yep. it's yep. delicious um okay next then we have the bayou mm-hmm. and bayou. we spend an awful lot of time canoeing around the bayou sure do more than i would care to do myself as the bayou is what we consider to be a high snake priority zone that is it's snakes also gators, gators yeah mosquitoes which cetera. are not my favorite thing correct Snapping turtles, things that bite. Um, But I will say the bayou lends like lots of, am I doing, what are you laughing at? My hands? It was just cute how you said things that bite. (laughs) Things that bite. (laughs) Um, The bayou does provide lots of scope for the imagination though, in the words of Anne Shirley. Um, It's very beautiful. Like we have like all the water. Yes, and with an E. We have like the moss hanging from the trees. Um, I will say though, the gators and the boat tipping moments were stressing me right out. Like we don't need to be in the bayou. Like the canoe is one board width close enough. Thank you. Like we have so many incidents in this book that it's like, now we're getting in a different boat. I'm like, gonna sink that one. Like we Mm -hmm. are in like four to I think four different types of boats over the course of this and none of those boats are salable now. <laughs> um, But she, she did kind of break her boat sinking streak. None of them sank. Right. Yeah. But they didn't, they, they flipped. didn't survive. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're not living good lives. They're going to need some care. Boat One's care. Out of, one ran out of gas. Yeah. That's not good. That was yeah. Alex's fault though. Alex. Um, then we have the showboat, which is just cool. Like, I love the showboat. Have show you gotten to be on a showboat? No. I want to be on a showboat. Ever since I saw the movie Maverick starring Mel Gibson, I think about a showboat all the time. That's what I was picturing. I love that movie. I needed to imagine this boat. And so that was what I was picturing. Mm-hmm. And in this showboat, my favorite part of it. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. This is your part. You no, it. go. It's, well, there's it's a combo effort. There's like a stairwell that goes down and there's a theater in the showboat. Oh, is that why it's called a showboat? It is, Karen. Oh, my God. It it, it is, in fact, why it's called a showboat. Because you get on the boat and you see see a show. I thought the boat was like showy. 
Oh, because like, we're going to show you a boat. Well, because people use that expression like, oh, you're just showboating around. Like if you're wearing a fancy outfit or something like, oh, look at Martha. She's she wore that big hat to church. She's just showboating around. You know, I That's thought it was fair. that the outside of the boat was so extravagant majestic Majest- so yes. martha like yes i understand indeed um anyway That's incorrect but yes okay <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot today <laughs> um they descend down these stairs and there's a theater like i was picturing like ford theater there's like balconies like and balustrades boxes like opera boxes yeah. along the wall and i just oh a magic. lot of velvet yeah, velvet yes yeah um so the showboat's cool see i was picturing showboat the musical Oh, yeah. It's a good show. It is, I should warn you if you haven't seen it live, it is 10 to 12 hours long, depending on which production (laughs) you see. It goes on forever. Is it like Um, um, a podcast or an audiobook? Can you put it on like 1.5 speed? If only. (laughs) If only. There's like a thousand characters in it. They all have seven solos. It just goes, but it's a great show. Okay, that concludes my the setting portion. Okay, well, another section. Last but not least, let's talk about the supporting characters because I know we both have favorites. Um, Yes, please. I already talked about this in my things I loved, my my general thoughts and musings. I loved the character of Donna Mae. Samesies. She is George and Bess's cousin. She is a hot mess express. So she was engaged to this lovely man, Charles. Charles. Mm. Kind soul. Good with Charles, this. hot with tools. Yeah. Good with, yep, like, love him. Mm-hmm. Lumberjack of the South, heart of gold. And then Alex comes mm. swanning in and is like, I'm from Oxford University and I come from wealth. And he sweeps her off of her feet, but he is a fraud, Kelly. He is a fraud. Fra- she cancels her engagement with Charles, gets immately, basically, she's about to announce her re-engagement to Alex. Yeah, that's part Alex of the whole, like, like showboat it. situation. Awful. And her whole demeanor changes. She's basically been brainwashed by Alex. She's like, just refuses to hear and see the truth about the things that are happening around her. Um, She's bossing people around. She is like, just prime fodder for a reality TV TV show that I would watch. She's wild for sure. You know who I was picturing the whole time? Who? The little blonde rich girl from The Princess and the Frog. So, so like the Disney movie, like Tiana's foil yes. in that. That's who I was picturing the whole time was the little blonde spoiled girl. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. That is a great. Yes, that is. That's, she's a Donna May. I loved Donna May. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite sub character? Mm. Um, I loved the whole, like, I'm going to do two. I liked the Charles versus Alexness of it all. Mm, me too so they're they're both idiots like <laughs> charles was nice he immediately took donna may back even though she had jilted him for another man that's true the heart um, wants what the heart wants kelly i mean okay <laughs> um but no charles is a nice guy and alex i mean we're gonna talk about this in a minute but like he got caught in the dumbest way like he could he have did. been he could have been in the wind forever could have been in Canada two days ago before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Who do you have next? Um, I think that we will probably end up sharing this one, but I, uh, the Dilla Verne, De, De La Verne siblings. Mm-hmm. So, I love them too. 
This is a brother and sister duo. Their family used to own the showboat. They live on a house on the bayou. And um, the brother is kindly caring for the sister. They're, they're, do you think they're like in their 50s or something like that? 50s, I think they're 60s. older than that. I think they're okay. like 60s, 70s. And yeah, and she and she has like early dementia. Yes. Basically. And so how we encounter them is that the clue crew is kind of scouting out the boat at night and they see a paddle boat paddle up and it has two people dressed in colonial garb. Yes, this is what's on the cover. Yes, yes, it's the cover. Yeah. It's the one sentence plot. Um, and they're like observing this and like it's really weird like that they're wearing these colonial clothes and this woman seems to be talking to people who aren't there. So they end up like, I mean, I don't, think that this was maybe the right thing to do but it works in the world of nancy Drew. they like paddle their boat and follow these people home oh. to their house and they're like why are you wearing what colonial you clothes <laughs> and basically they find out that their family used to own the showboat the woman has dementia now the brother's taking care of her and every once in a while she just has this urge to go back to the showboat and put a costume on because they had these costume parties there um i the reason that I bring this up is because I just, <laughs> because of the, the specific mentioning of colonial garb several times, all yes. I could picture and hear was bridesmaids when Kristen Wiig <laughs> is in first class and she yes. is on, like, she's like drunk and she's taking a Xanax and she's like, there's a colonial man on the wing of the plane. <laughs> it's a colonial woman. Oh, is it a woman? She was not in first class. She was in coach. Well, but she and... she kept slinking into yes, going back and forth. <laughs> I had a dream last night. You were in it. <laughs> I just I kept oh, hearing the there's there's a colonial, a, a woman, colonial on woman on the wing of the plane. Um amazing. But but um the Delaverne brother becomes like a linchpin to solving the mystery because yes. he too went to Oxford University, which is where Alex is claiming to be from, and he's like, as luck would have it, I have all my old yearbooks here. He's Even not... though I graduated 30 years before this guy. <laughs> They've been mailing they them updates. They've yeah. been mailing them quarterly to him in the bio. Yes. Yes. It all makes sense if you think about it long enough. <laughs> yep. Um, so my favorite was Uncle Rufus. Uncle I thought he was an amazing Rufus. character. Same more words. ultimately, okay, so Uncle Rufus um is basically like a voodoo doctor, I guess technically, but yeah. he's like everybody speaks about him as like the kindest friendliest like person in in the neighborhood basically um everyone's very complimentary of him and he ends up helping nancy and co do a lot of their sleuthing because he he'll take them canoeing and stuff like that out to the showboat and then they also basically get him to help them stake out the showboat they they figure out at one point that they're being spied on and so they're like uncle rufus can you help keep an eye on things and see if you can figure out who these spies are and because he's watching he's the one who's ultimately able to tell them where spike has escaped to after spike and alex whack nancy and ned on the head yep yep so twere it not for uncle rufus we might not be here telling the tale I will also say he's a generous, kind man because they all but total his first canoe and then he retrieves a second canoe to take them out on subsequent stakeouts. Right and I would have been like, first canoe. I would have been like, y'all are on your own. At this point. <laughs> yeah. 
the, the next one is going to have to be your own canoe. <laughs> so <laughs> Kelly, I would yes, be Karen. remiss. I would be remiss if I did not ask. Did you have any? It would have been awesome if Moms. I'm so glad you asked me because <laughs> I do. I have four. I will make them brief. Okay. The first was was I'm not entirely sure that anybody knew what the mystery was that they needed to solve. Agreed. So when they get down there, the mystery is essentially no one wants to tow our showboat out. It's like stuck down in the bayou and we want somebody to tow it down to our house for this party, but nobody will do it. Can you can you help us solve the mystery as to why no one will tow our showboat? <laughs> Which seems like not a reason to get like an amateur sleuth involved, but whatever. So I think it would have been awesome if we found out that the reason why Alex and Spike didn't want the showboat to be moved was that they had found some way, like the the boat's basically kind of jammed up in the bayou, right? If they had found out that it's like chalked up, not moving, like run aground basically, and that Alex and Spike have found an underground way through an unused overflow, like flood overflow pipe that they talk about are all over New Orleans um, to access the boat underneath. Genius. And that's why they don't want it to move, because then they lose their secret access to hunt for the treasure. Genius. Um, also, that would help explain why nobody ever sees them coming or going. Yep. Like, they're constantly, they know these guys are on board, but they can never figure out how they're getting, like, where they're going. Yep. And this would help explain that. Oh, you're so, you're so smart. I love it. Yep. Next. It would have been awesome if we find out at the end that Donna May was being blackmailed by Alex into marrying him. 1,000%. Because to your previous point, that to me was the mystery. I was like, the largest mm -hmm. mystery I would like to solve is like how she... How? Like, I'm yeah. like, is she on drugs? Like, she just... What's happening? Right. So rapidly vacillates away yes. from her Charles love of her life situation and is like, never mind. There, yes. And I'm like, there must be something more to this. And there wasn't. Right. It would have it would have answered a lot of things. It would have answered why she was like being so out of character around her cousins. Um, and it would have also given Charles an excuse, like a reason why he would want to get reengaged to her at yep. the end of the book. Like yep. the I don't understand why he would do that, you know, um, unless she was like the dude was blackmailing me over a family secret or blah, blah, blah whatever. OK, brilliant. Next. Yep. On the Alex Charles front, I wish that we hadn't known that Alex was going to be a bad guy so fast. Like, it was pretty clear from, like, the first time he's introduced that he's going to be involved in this somehow. We've had a um, couple of those recently where it's just, like, the bad guy on page one is, in fact, the bad guy. Yeah. Exactly. So it was it was pretty obvious. Boring, right? Um, because we have, like, this Alex Charles foil situation going on, I wish that we would have had... Alex seems awesome. Like, there is no reason anybody would suspect him. He's, like, the best host. He clearly loves Donna May. Like, he's the best actor in the world. And Charles is this, like, surly, grumpy, heartbroken dude. A Mr. Darcy. Correct. And then we get, like, a switcheroo mm. where we realize who's who, you know? Okay, my last one. 
You're so good at this. This happened. Thank you. This happens <laughs> all the time in these books. and It makes me nuts every time, but I'm going to fix it in this one. So there's frequently an obstacle thrown in to the clue crew early on. In this case, it was a snowstorm that delayed them at a hotel for an extra night that has absolutely no function in the plot. No. Like, there's no reason for them to have gotten held up at this ho- at this hotel. They could have just proceeded on to New Orleans and nothing would have been changed except for five pages. Like, it would have been five pages shorter, you know? That drives me crazy. So there needs to be some kind of payoff whether it's immediate and like they immediately discover a clue because they're at the hotel or in my suggestion when they get when they're checking into the hotel they see a black convertible or a black car that they think is nancy's original stolen car painted black but the manager of the hotel says no that's the like i think he calls them like the zoo that checked in or something like it's a family with little kids and i think they have like a parrot or something yep And so there's this comment about this crazy family that checked in. I was like, how great would it be if during the extra night at the hotel during the snowstorm, the Clue crew passes the time getting to be friends with this family and they play cards or they watch a movie or whatever with these kids and they all like have a fun night together. Because then at the end, when Nancy is at the parade trying to find Alex on the float so she can capture him, Alex sees her. He jumps down and Alex and Nancy goes tearing through the crowd, you know, stop that man, stop that pirate, whatever. And who hears her and recognizes her? The zoo family with the parrot. And they're the ones that actually like all of them like grab on a limb or whatever and take them down for her because the they parrot. recognize her. Yeah, the parrot the like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is some incredibly creative thinking. Thank you. You have yes anded the hell out of this. <laughs> Thank you. I've just made up my own problem and my solution all at once. <laughs> okay, that concludes my it would be awesome if. 10 out of 10. Those are all huge improvements to this book. And I would love to read your Thank version. You. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think you can do Nancy's never ending resume? I would love to. Um, I have a handful of things. Um, Nancy had some things added, but also some things that are repetitions. She's basically a beagle. Um, she sniffs out the gold on this boat so fast. It's like people Immediately. for yeah. decades have been looking for the gold on this boat. And she's like, I bet it's under here. But it's and under there. Low. It's sure was. enough. <laughs> yeah. Dear reader, it was. <laughs> um, oh, Dear you reader, made a note about this. Him. She has gotten much sneakier um Mm -hmm. which is fantastic for her because she has been a little willy-nilly about showing her cards she doesn't often keep them close enough to her chest but as you mentioned she like us was very suspicious of alex from get um rightfully so but instead of tailing him immediately and being like you seem like a bad guy she staked him out she had a whole plan in place to entrap him it was successful Good work. Um, Our favorite thing. She was unwillingly forced into a performance yet again. Once again. Once again. Dance. Sometimes it's ice skating. Sometimes it's uh, riding on the back of a horse, standing on the back of a horse in a circus. Performing stunts. Um, This time it was being a 
fairy princess in a mm-hmm. stage production in someone's home. Um, yes. But she slash showboat. Yeah, continues to find herself because because do you get it? They're they're going to do a show on <sighs> on the boat. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I would say the last thing I want to mention is that she we know she's a good swimmer. Yeah, a skin diver, in fact, that we learn early on in this series. Um, but she in a brand new outfit that is, she says it's our blouse, shorts, and overskirt getup. Um, sounds fancier than anything I own. They're stranded on a boat because Alex didn't put enough gas in it. They're stuck mm-hmm. on the river, and she's like, "No worries." I'll go my find beer. someone. And she I got this. whips the skirt off of this outfit, which turns into a blouse and short situation, dives into <laughs> the Mississippi River, <laughs> swims for help, and then mere moments later comes back in a speedboat with a nice man with a can of gas, yeah. and they get yeah. the boat out of the river. So, like, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not sure what the name of the disease is that you can probably catch from swimming the like raw Mississippi, but you definitely, there's definitely a shot you should get. Yeah. It's probably called something like dog mouth or something. (laughs) I don't think that's a real thing, but it probably should be. So seems, seems right to me. I, I will also just mention that she is supposed to be a showboat technician because she gets sent out to the showboat to see if it's able to be towed back in, if that's the reason why. <laughs> I'm like, we're asking Nancy for this insight? Crazy. Where did she get this skill set? We'll oh, never Nancy. know. <laughs> okay, so not to like abruptly change the subject, Karen, but this is where we are introducing a new fourth section just for our Patreons. New and before, segment. New segment. Um, so just so all of our listeners kind of know what you'd be getting if you became a Patreon, if you're not already a patron via Patreon, um, this new segment is called WWKNKD. KAKD. Rolls right off the tongue. It does. Get the bracelets made. Um this stands for what would Kelly and Karen do? Why are you giving me big eyes? Did I see something bad? You just said a thing that I was like, I would wear a bracelet that said that. Yeah, like like a, a, a merch idea. Yeah. WWKKD. What would Kelly and Karen do? So the premise of this is, is that um, Karen and I will discuss the steps that Nancy and co took to solve the mystery in brief. And then we will tell how we would have attacked the same problem with today's current technology and resources. Um, And we promise, like hand on heart, we will try to very infrequently, if ever, use the we would just go straight to the cops excuse, even though that's probably true 99% of the time. Like, we'll play the game. We promise. Yeah. And not not just be like, we Googled it. Right. We looked it up. <laughs> that sounds um, fantastic. Yeah. So that is our new segment for for our Patreons. So if you are not a Patreon, consider becoming one. And if you are a Patreon, then head on over to your Patreon account where you can listen to the next section. Okay, Karen. So this brings us to our 
conclusion of our episode, I I must ask, do you have any open questions remaining at the end of this conversation? I had two, and I think they're so obvious that I feel gaslit by this book. (laughs) Also, I'm so sick of hearing like that word all over Instagram, so I hesitate to use it. It's lost all meaning. It made me laugh saying it. They're, they they seem so obvious that I'm like, I, I must be an idiot, but um, two things. Numero yes. uno, the boat catches on fire at the end. Yes, it does. Nancy and Ned are in the undercarriage of the, the boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we know this boat is listing to the side. It is filled to some capacity with water in the bottom of it, which is where mm-hmm. they're mucking around and breaking out boards and they find this gold bullion or whatever we want to call it. And Spike, bad guy number one, approaches them from behind. He thwacks them over the head. Um, They're unconscious per usual. And then the boat catches on fire. Mm -hmm. When the criminals immediately confess to their crimes once caught, as they always do in these books, Spike is like, oh, yeah, I had lit a match Mm -hmm. so that I could see. Yeah, it was an accident. Yeah. I like lit what a single match to mm-hmm. light my way and I dropped it because I was so startled. And this wet, moldy, yeah. mildewing boat that's partially underwater just ignites. Yes. Um, goes up. I have tried to light a dry candle in my home with a single match before and have been ninety percent of the time unsuccessful. Yeah. Um, so that seems un likely right <laughs> no it it absolutely does and i also it's like spike did some did you forget you're not actually a real pirate like you could right. just turn the lights on you know what i mean like you don't have to be lighting single matches yeah um, um he no, would that's also a great question he would do well to listen to our podcast because how many times have we said always bring your flashlight flashlight it's a no. it's a drew clue Clue crew, Drew Clue crew, <laughs> rule number one. Also, exit strategy. Indeed. Indeed. Which Spike did not have, but Alex did, apparently. My final question that I would like to discuss with you, and from what I'm seeing, you had the same question as me. So, mm-hmm. Nancy and Ned find the gold. They get whacked on the head. They have found what we know to be $50,000 of gold pirate coins in this, mm-hmm. the hull of this boat. Which in like 1958 or whenever this was written, I mean, that's the conversion rate has to be like a hundred million dollars now. Like Like a a lot of inflation. Woof. So the bad guys get away with the the gold coins, at which point they could have just vanished into the ether and said like. Mm -hmm. And they should have. We're in the berries now. Like I got. We got what we came for. Yeah. They do not do that. Alex is like, oh, but I really am excited that I volunteered to be on this float in the Mardi Gras yeah. parade where I'm going to be a pirate and you know what would be so cute is if I had a treasure chest full of gold coins on the boat with me on, on the float with me so he brings Alex stays in town mm-hmm. he goes on a public float through the most mm-hmm. publicly attended event, event in the city mm-hmm. with the gold on the float mm-hmm. but there's mention in the book that he rented the gold coins mm-hmm. to the people hosting the Mardi Gras parade like mm-hmm. as a prop a prop right yeah 
So he could have just left, but he was like, I really want to be in costume. Like, it's like, yeah, no, it was like, it was insane. And he like, it was like trying to make the second cash grab. Like, I've got this stolen loot, but now I want, I want to make money on it. And I'm like, like, also, what is the rental fee on that? Like, you got $50,000 of gold coins and they're going to pay you like, it's the 50s. They're $200, $120, right. Like, like. Also, they don't care what's on your float. Like, it's a competition. One free chicken in a bag meal and, like, two coupons. I mean, I mean. You throw in I, some oysters, Rockefeller, now we're talking. <laughs> no, it's talking. <laughs> no, so, I yeah. had the same question. It was like, this makes no sense to me functionally. Like, Alex clearly didn't go to Oxford. No, he didn't. And and what they how they explain that is, like, he intended he thought he was going to get away with this and he intended to stay in town he intended to keep up the ruse and marry donna may because he actually like came from nothing and her family had wealth and notoriety in the town and so he was going to hitch his wagon to her star but that was before like that was his plan if he had found the gold and never been discovered like if nobody ever knew that he was you know, in this scenario, he wasn't going to stick around and marry her. He just stuck around to try to make the second really stupid. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They just had to keep him in town so that Nancy could ca- catch him without having to get back in her busted rental car. Also, it's like me in the Ren Fair. He's like, I just really want to wear my outfit. <laughs> I think that was part of it. He's like, do you see how good I look in this pasted on goatee? Make a good pirate. <laughs> Yar. Yeah. Okay, well, Kelly. Yes, Karen. Would you like to rate this book more than anything i've ever wanted in my whole life this week we are rating the haunted showboat out of a 12 possible oxford university yearbooks which is what in fact sunk alex's ship is proverbial and metaphorical ship Unintended. proverbial and, metaphor- and literal yeah what do you rate this book thank you for asking i rate this book nine out of 12 oxford university yearbooks a healthy score a healthy score i really enjoyed it this book obviously needs to be updated but i love this i love the setting as Mm -hmm. i went into the plot was super fun lots of social activities lots of sleuthing i really loved all the side characters like donna may was amazing uncle rufus was amazing um i will say i gave it minus three for far too much getting dumped out into snake infested swamp bayou water but otherwise i thought it was great how about Love you? It. Um, I gave this book eight out of twelve yep. Oxford University yearbooks. So we're pretty we're pretty close. Pretty close. Um, I literally hated the first like four chapters of this book because it was like the car is busted. Are we going on this trip or not? There's a bomb. The car is busted again. The car fell off a cliff. Are we? Go- I was just like, go on the trip or don't go on the trip. Like I don't <laughs> I don't care anymore. Like don't go on the trip. Just go. I- <laughs> could have done without that but once we got past that the book captured my Sword. heart um we got to new orleans i loved the reality tv tawdriness of donna may's double engagements and yes. her fickle changes of heart um mm-hmm. i love I, like you i loved the side characters um so you know i removed four oxford university yearbooks simply for grand theft auto for far too long at the beginning (laughs) uh i i i see that i support that yeah 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 so karen um with that said what are we reading next oh 
I'm glad I looked this up. So we're going to read Nancy Drew and the Secret of the Golden Pavilion. Um, I've never read this one. I haven't either. And the the cover's really cool. Um, the Clue Crew travels to Hawaii. Topical mm. in the mm-hmm. timeline. Um, we have an issue with someone's luxurious estate. And mm. there is a mysterious sibling duo that threatens to complicate <gasps> an inheritance. So this sounds very much par for the course and correct for Nancy it. Drew book. But but we are in a different location than River Heights, which you and I love those. Love. Yes. Yeah, I love a destination sleuthing. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for the beginning of season three. And if you would please do so, we would appreciate it if you would rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. Yes. And if you're so inclined, um, you can become a Helen Corning friend on Patreon, which is a bestie of the show and we will love you forever um we'll give you a shout out at the beginning of the episode when you become a patron um we're gonna add some new short bonus content that we've been talking about and you can help us decide which super sleuth titles we will read for our bonus episodes and remember what we learned today and nancy drew and the haunted showboat banana boats are painted white to reflect the sun and keep the nanners cool And also, your boyfriend probably didn't go to Oxford, so you should run a quick yearbook check on that dude. And with that, happy Happy sleuthing! It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at IamCourtneyKyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W. Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend, Mark Goodlow.